The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging, and hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He shouted, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. The people walking in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent, but he kept calling out all the more, Son of David, have pity on me. Then Jesus stopped and ordered that he be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? He replied, Lord, please let me see. Jesus told him, Have sight, your faith has saved you. He immediately received his sight and followed him, giving glory to God. When they saw this, all the people gave praise to God. The Gospel of the Lord. I was teaching RCIA yesterday, um, you know, for those who are going to come into the faith during, during Easter, and we were talking about the Bible, and one of the things that I'd really thought about, well, well you know, I think this is often the case. I, I wouldn't say it's always the case, but it was certainly the case for me, where I had belief, but I was pretty much blind, <laughs> so to speak. And so that's, that's really what you see in, in the case of the blind man in the gospel. There's, there really is great belief in Jesus. When he hears of Jesus, he believes that he can be healed, and he believes that Jesus is the one to do it, just really only by his reputation alone. Uh, but, but yet, he's blind. And one of the senses, we, we say we have senses of Scripture. You know, there's, there's literal meaning, and there's spiritual meaning, which is divided up in different ways. Sometimes we're getting a moral sense. What, what are the moral actions that we should take away and have in our life? And then sometimes there, there is a spiritual sense about the reading. Like I said, one of the spiritual senses is that we can have belief, but we can be pretty blind, though, in terms of our practice and our ability to, to actually follow the Lord. And I would say that really was me as a youngster and as a, as a young man, is I, I believed. I, I actually believed. You know, what my parents had taught me, what I saw at Mass, I believed it was true, but I was basically completely blind to just about everything else. You know, maybe... Maybe that's the case for, for some of your own children as they were raised. You can tell that they believe, but, but there's something that's not clicking, right? They're not completely getting it, and they're not able to really see a lot of the things that you now see as, as an older person in your life. And so that's the huge turning point, though, for us. Belief is a huge thing. So if we really, if we see belief in somebody, it really does have to be cultivated at that point. Uh, you know, today we celebrate the Saint, Saint Albert the Great. And Saint Albert, he's a bishop, a doctor of the church, and a, and a great teacher who was also an amazing scientist back, back in the day. And one of the things that was so unique about Saint Albert is, I've mentioned this a lot lately, about uh, what Saint Paul VI had said about that people, especially in this day and age, more readily seem to wit listen to witnesses rather than teachers. And if they do listen to teachers, it's because they are witnesses. St. Albert was, was that. He was that very thing. He was a teacher, but he was also a great witness. And his most famous student is uh, none other than St. Thomas Aquinas. 
And one of the things that was so unique about that situation is that he could see the truth of the matter. So what was the nickname for St. Thomas Aquinas, right? The dumb ox is what it called. He was a heavyset young man, and a lot of people kind of brushed him aside and marginalized him. One of the greatest theologians and saints that would ever live, his classmates didn't like him, essentially, right? And they kind of mar marginalized him and picked on him. But St. Albert, as a great teacher and a great witness, he, he was not blind. You know, he actually was able to see something that other people did not see who were in the room. He saw the potential and the greatness within St. Thomas. He saw that the, the, this, this young student had the ability to not only be a, a brilliant person, but, but truly somebody who can be a saint, who could, who could follow the Lord really, really closely. So we have kind of two examples of blindness there, but, but a lot of it comes from immaturity in some way, shape, or form. Those people in the classroom that couldn't see St. Thomas for who he really was, and then also sometimes those of us that might believe but are having trouble understanding all the rest of the aspects of the faith. And so it, it, it takes cultivation. It takes mentorship a lot of the time. And so often we see that in its raw form. We see the belief in its raw form. But if we don't cultivate it, if we don't bring it along, if we don't help teach that, that individual, that belief might become disbelief later in life. After, as we all know, as we grow up and as difficulties come our way, the blind man could have very easily been completely jaded and have no belief left because of his situation in life. And that's, that's what could happen to people. But if we see the belief and we're able to cultivate why it's there and explain it to people, then uh, that really comes a long way. Much of what, why people don't believe in the Bible is because they absolutely don't understand it at all. One of the biggest things that I was talking about yesterday in RCIA is dispelling all kinds of myths about what the Bible is. Bishop Barron says it really well. He says, the Bible is not so much a book as a library. And so a lot of people think that every single aspect of it is literal. It's like, no, we have different genres in our Bible. And so we need to know that to be able to teach that to other people. Because often, folks make Christians seem like morons. Like, oh, you, so you believe in talking snakes and this, that, and the other, right? And it's just like, no, you don't understand what Scripture is. You know, as we had a reading from the Old Testament today. You know, the readings of the Old Testament, some of them are historical, and some of them are giving you a truth through the story that they're giving you. So the important thing is the truth, and that it's all true. Not necessarily that every aspect of it is historical fact. And we often read a letter to St. Paul. They were actual, actual letters, right? So they were true in a very literal sense. He's writing to other churches, encouraging them. And he talks about a lot of the basics, a lot of actual living in the faith. And then, you know, the Gospels, they're ancient biographies of Jesus and his life. They're not modern biographies, right? They're like, well, I'd really like to know a little bit more about his relationship with Joseph. And, you know, did Joseph ever come down on him? And is that why Jesus always had to go up to the mountain? Because he was, no. You know, they didn't write ancient biographies like that. Now we want to know, what was his relationship with his mother? What was his relationship? Did he ever get picked on? I want to know. You know, it's like we want to know every detail in this day and age. Back then, 
they didn't really have the ability to do that. They focus on the most important parts of what we have. So, so we need to learn that so that we can teach it to those that have belief, so that they understand that their belief is fully reasonable. If we could do that, then I think we raise people in the faith that, that are not afraid that we believe in some sort of like strange, mythical, outdated religion, that it's very, very relevant. And we have to make it relevant, especially to the young. And if we could do that, then I think um, they'll have a lot more strength in their belief. God bless you all.